welcome to another episode of the Art Inside the Craft podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy Glazier, and today's episode is with singer-songwriter Ian No. Ian's album, Between the Country, was released shortly before I sat down with him in October of last year at a venue called The Rust Belt in Illinois. The stories in his album are as deeply rooted in the Kentucky landscape as Ian is, and I was extremely grateful to interview him and found him as genuine in person as each lyric he wrote for the album. Here is my interview with Ian No. First time I saw you was at Codfish Hollow. Oh yeah. Uh, with Coulter. Yeah. Was that the? What that place look like? That's the barn. <laughs> the middle of the corn. They had the tractors and everything. <laughs> yep. But, yeah. Yep. I remember that place yeah. very well. Yeah. So I remember from that show that you might not have played all of them, but a lot of the songs that you put on the album, you played there. Mm-hmm. So it was really cool for me to like see those live in person first and then hear them on the album later. Yeah. And so um, how long do you like work on your songs before you feel that they're ready? And then do you always take them out on the road or are there some that you're just like, this is going on the album no matter what? <laughs> There have been uh, quite a few occasions where I've went into a studio and cut a song, listened to it for a couple weeks, and then just decided it's not been right. So it's like you have to be 100%, you know, before you go in and lay it down. Because once you do, I mean, it's it's out there. So I just, yeah, cross all the T's and dot all the I's. But... Been playing one out here lately that's still not finished, but we've still been playing it. Playing it, yeah. Did you have like? Well, I'm sure you ended up with some extra songs uh, that you wanted to put on the album. So are some of those you're actually playing out now to kind of road test them before the next one? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, like the last stampede, promised land, uh, POW blues. It's one that I've been waiting to. Um, I really wanted to record that with Dave, but. You know, it just didn't fit. It fit with the subject matter of the rest of the batch that we were doing. So you just got to hold on to them. Yeah. I like the subject matter to, to fit, to be, you know, the same, generally. Uh, yeah, that's a big thing for me because it's fun. Say if you have seven songs and they're decent enough, you know, you come up with four or five more kind of know what you're shooting for. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's just, uh, I find it easier to write one song after the other if there's some sort of cohesive theme running through all of them. Yeah. Um, do you have um, favorite songs that you've written either because of the way that like the crowd interacts with you when you're playing it or just because of maybe where it takes you back to when you wrote the song to begin with? I would say Irene for Hmm. both of those reasons that you just said, yeah. Um, People seem to um, respond to that one more Mm -hmm. than a lot of the others. And uh, yeah, I can still remember where I was when I wrote that song. Um, Probably that one, yeah. Hmm. Irene or... If today doesn't do me in, yeah. Irene's, it seems like, is the one a lot of people talk about. Um, it's got some really cool imagery, and actually, when I wrote your album review, I said that it was like a, um, almost like a Norman Rockwell painting in reverse. 
Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that Norman Rockwell painting where everybody's around the table and they're all happy and everything's fine. And yeah. <laughs> so this is like that same kind of artistic it's, twist on it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I thought that's when I listened to it, that's just the first thing I thought of. And it's, it's a cool song. Yeah. But um, If Today Doesn't Do Me In is actually probably one of my favorites um, just because it's, uh, it, it seems like some of the interactions like with the people just seems so genuine <laughs> and so are there like some I guess stories behind those little vignettes that you did or is that stuff that you kind of experienced or went through or? I've picked up quite a few people uh, <laughs> living in eastern Kentucky you know people that I knew you know a couple here and there that uh, I didn't you know I wasn't going around every day picking up hitchhikers right. but you know it's a common thing to see uh, see anybody broke down, especially in a small town, since you know you're more, more than likely to know them. But, uh, yeah, the small town gas station, I mean, you've ran into those people that aren't, aren't too happy working on whatever, you know, morning, whatever's going on. So, yeah, that's just uh, my summary of uh, just one one day of going to work and then you know going back home yeah it's just those uh again kind of like with i like the i really like the way you structure and write your songs and so when i listen to them as an out you know an outside person listening to this music for kind of the first time it's uh some of them seem just so sweet like those interactions you know like when you say um where she's gonna get where she's going you say well miss where might that be you know it's yeah. just such a, a nice personal little touch on those songs so. thank you so, um so um another thing i was kind of curious about on your album in the in the notes there it says that you thank uh, both of your grandfathers mm-hmm. um which i thought was really cool you one you think because he taught you how to play and then the other one mm-hmm. gave you the spot to do it so mm-hmm. um are there other people, or I mean, maybe it's your your grandfathers that have the most impact? But are there other people that you've met um, that you would credit for having kind of a big impact on your music as well? I'd say a lot of my close friends and their family for sure, because they uh, they tolerated me for a long time, <laughs> for years. I mean, I stayed at a lot of friends' houses working on songs <laughs> and stuff, and uh, just. Uh, yeah, I mean, I hate to make it so simple, but like, just a lot of the parties here and there that I would go to, and the people that I would hang out with, and the, whatever field we will be sitting in at one, you know, that's been taken, and they've, they've run that dry, the whole field party thing, you know, <laughs> they've taken that, so I don't even really like saying it, because it sounds so cheesy now, but we did that, we did that all the time. Um, I'd say that was had a huge impact on me. Yeah. Specific people. It's probably family. I get I get a lot of a lot of stories and ideas just from just from stories that you hear about your your relatives, distant relatives, close relatives. You know, you hear everything in a small town. And it's just I'd say just the small town in general is what influenced. It still does. That's cool. John Prine says, write about what you know. He says that over and over again. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, I know obviously this album just came out. Um, Are you planning for the next one already? Like, 
how far off are you for that? Uh, January off, so I'm going to take a lot of time in January. to. I've already started working on it. I've already been in, in the studio. I can cut a few. So um, January is going to be my, my month to get the next one done. Nice. Yeah. So when you put out, um, I think it was off this mountaintop, right? Mm-hmm. You put that out and you had Meth Head on there, mm-hmm. and then you re-recorded that just for this album, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Because <laughs> I've been listening to your album like, it's well, quite possible that I'll, I might do like a, a young felon and might, might redo that. Yeah. Because cool. I hate EPs. I despise them. And I think they're useless <laughs> and pointless. And um, I hope to never do another one again because, yeah, just... I want to again thank Ian for taking some time to sit down with me and discuss his music and a little bit about who he is. I have to thank Ian's tour manager, Carlos Garpa, for his hospitality and setting everything up there at the Rust Belt. A very special thank you as well to Mary Spar, who is Ian's manager and founder of Young Mary Records. That's all for the episode today, but I do need to mention my sponsor, Pure Mountain Coffee. Go to puremountaincoffee.com and check out some of the best coffee grown in the mountains of Nicaragua. Mention the show while ordering online, and with a minimum purchase of $25, get a 10% discount, or just enter code TAATC. Until next time, thank you for listening.